WHHHFM Speedway W286CN Available in HD Go Drop in It's the moment y'all been waiting for Broadcasting from the Isaac and Isaacs WeWin.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I am Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9 Studios on this Sunday, December 11th, 2022. Almost there to the end of the year and now just two weeks away from Christmas. Looking forward to it. Hope you get a chance to be uh, with your family this uh, Christmas Around folks that you love, it's been difficult the past uh, two years to get together for Christmas because of the pandemic. And of course, we are approaching what we hope is the most normal uh, Christmas that we have seen in a while. But as you guys know, uh, COVID, this RSV and the flu are creating what some people are fearing could soon be a tridemic. Uh, so please just be careful out there um, and protect yourself. If that means wearing a mask, if that means getting a, a booster or a vaccine or just staying away from people, covering your mouth, covering your nose when you sneeze, do something. Help us out. On the show this morning, we will be talking with another mayoral candidate for Indianapolis. And if elected, he too would make history as the first black person and first black man elected to run Indianapolis, Greg Merriweather uh, is relatively an outsider. Most people don't know who he is, but this morning you will. He will be joining us here momentarily for his first live interview on Open Line so we can find out who is Greg Merriweather and why it is you should give him your vote and how he's different from the other candidates. How's he different from Robin Shackelford? How is he different from Joe Hogsett? And of course, how is he different from the Republican James Jackson? Greg Merriweather, Merriweather, coming up on the show here in just moments. But also on the show this morning, there's been some controversy, a lot of controversy, at the Indianapolis uh, Public Library. On Thursday, they announced we have a new person who will be the CEO of the library's name, Gabriel Morley. All right, yay, Gabriel Morley. But there was no yay for Gabriel Morley, none at all, almost instantly. Uh, folks were upset with the fact that um, Morley had been uh, announced in that position and you guys were hot calling the radio station calling the TV stations on social media uh, for a number of reasons why you didn't want Gabriel Morley why that is not the person that you asked for and by Friday the very next day Gabriel Morley has said, no, thank you. I'm going to decline on coming to Indianapolis just a day after being offered the job as the leader of the public library system, which is looking for a leader because, among other issues, some uh, racial issues, some discrimination issues, some mistreatment issues. And one of the things that you, the community, said was we want 
something different. Somebody who looks like us, get us a black person. Uh, the, the demands, the minimum demands were very simple and the library did not do that. Uh, a lot of you guys said you wanted Nichelle Haynes to run the library. Uh, she will not uh, continue. She is not one getting the job to be the CEO, that, which is what many of you push for, nor will she continue in the role as interim CEO of the library. All the details on what is happening at the library, what we know right now, we'll have that for you at 8.30, but this is a big deal because we were hearing about uh, people walking off the job. Uh, we were hearing about uh, protests that were, were happening or planned. Uh, and so what is about to happen at the library? We will bring you the very latest of what we know, and we'll talk to you about what you know and what you want the library to know coming up this morning uh, at 8.30. Uh, before we get started, I want to give a shout-out uh, to two uh, of my uh, TV news brothers. Uh, Cornelius Hawker uh, is, uh, in, is the outgoing, or I guess he's technically done. He was done this week uh, at Channel 6, my former uh, TV station, and uh, Cornelius and I started about the same time. Um, but he is now moving on uh, to a TV station in Seattle, a great TV station in Seattle. So a, a major uh, move for him. So uh, we had a uh, breakfast brunch for him on Saturday morning. Uh, that was after uh, staying out late to have a Friday night party for Randall Newsom, uh, who is the four o'clock and 10 o'clock uh, co-host uh, at Wish TV, the CW Channel 8. Uh, Randall is moving on to go be a morning news anchor at a station in Baltimore. Uh, so uh, Randall and I have had a good relationship. His girlfriend and my wife talk on the phone every day. Uh, that's how close we've all become uh, since we all came back here to Indianapolis. But my people are cutting out on me, um, and so they they are leaving. And so uh, had a good party Friday night at um, uh, Whiskey and Rhythm out on the almost south side. And then a uh, uh, brunch for Cornelius uh, yesterday morning in Broad Ripple. So to my fellas, I say uh, congratulations to you guys. Thank you for all you did for the city of Indianapolis. You will be missed. Uh, we recognize the hard work that you do to black guys. Um, it is uh, there's only a couple of us on uh, TV in this market to begin with. And now we just lost uh, two of the good ones who are going on to uh, their next adventures, which will be indeed uh, awesome, and they are well-deserved. So Cornelius Hawker from Channel 6 and Randall Newsom uh, from Channel 8. Moving on. Congratulations, fellas. Uh, thank you for the good times, and we will see you at the next partay. On the show this morning, we are getting ready for election 2023. When does it ever end? We just got done with election 2022, and now here we go. Uh, already, we are counting down to a election day. Um, we are counting down to election day, uh, 2023. I just got a text that I was reading. Somebody said, Hey, uh, do I have to be in the car to listen to the show? No, download the app, uh, the hot 100.9 app, uh, or the 106.7 WTLC app. And as a matter of fact, if you got an, um, iPhone, uh, you can listen to it straight out of the, um, out of the radio, uh, button thing at the bottom of your uh, music streamer just type in the station so no you can find the show anywhere you go on um just search on any platform i think we're just about on everything just search 106.7 wtlc or hot 100.9 listen to the show 
uh, live from wherever you are. No, you don't have to be in the car. You can take us wherever uh, you go. Now, as I was saying, um, we are getting ready for Election Day 2023, a mayoral race, which already is horse is historic with three count them three uh, black people who are running to be mayor of Indianapolis. Among them, we already had Representative Robin Shackelford on the show last Sunday. Um, and then this Sunday, we will be having Greg Merriweather. Next Sunday, we already have it booked and confirmed that James Jackson will be on the show, our last show of 2023. And then we hope when we come back, uh, no, our last show of 2022, we hope when we come back, uh, we will have uh, the Mayor Joe Hogsett to kick off the year as mayor, but also uh, close us out with uh, of the list that we have so far of mayoral candidates. But Greg Merriweather. Uh, is joining us on our live line right now for his very first interview here on Open Lines uh, so that you can get to know who Greg Merriweather is. He is running as a Democrat, so in May, he will be facing off with Robin Shackelford and Mayor Joe Hogsett. So who is this guy? Why does he deserve your vote? You can ask him yourself this morning, but we're going to talk to him right now. Greg Merriweather's on our live line. Good morning, sir. Good morning, brother. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations on uh, your candidacy. No matter what happens, this is already uh, a historic uh, mayoral race, and this is a big deal. So why are you getting in it? You know, I, uh, the reason I'm getting in it, I, took, I was invited to, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, and hello to Indianapolis. Uh, the reason for me vote or getting involved in this race, um, I was invited to the uh, Savvy Racial Equity Report Card um, Conference. And in that conference, um, as I sat and listened to the racial equity in Indianapolis, I was quite disheartened because, uh, one, I realized, you know, I know this anyway, but realized that there are three close to 300,000 Black people in Indianapolis and then thinking about that demographic, I kind of compared it to the city of Atlanta. And when I looked at Atlanta, I realized that there were roughly 500,000 people in the real Atlanta, 36th largest city in the country. Mm-hmm. And then 49% of that population is black. So around 250,000 people, black people in Atlanta. And then I noticed that Indianapolis has more black people in it than Atlanta. Mm-hmm. In this report, I found that black people were last in median household income, first in poverty, last in home ownership, first in food deserts, first in areas of poor water and air quality, and then numero uno in the jail system, first in homicides. And at that point, I was wondering, how is it that we live in such an oppressed state in Indianapolis? How do we live in such an oppressed position in Indianapolis. And, and then we think about the, the, the Mecca, that this black Mecca that we call Atlanta. And I'm like, this makes no sense. And at that point, you know, I thought about how we vote. You know, we turn out, if we turn out, why are we continuously voting for the same people if the results are still the same for black people? Mm-hmm. And at that point, it pushed me to make the decision to get into the race, because I believe that by being in the race, these numbers, these statistics will at least be on the table because I'm there. So let me ask you the, this next question. Sure. I, I know what you're doing, but let me uh, let me ask the question that other people uh, sure. who, who are not black are asking right now. Mm-hmm. 
What about us? What about them? Well, I believe this. I believe that if, if the, in the words of Dr. King, if you, if you handle the oppressed, the oppressor also rises. And I think that when we look at this, we realize that there's a position in Indianapolis that's strongly black, 300,000. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if we're working more, if we're involved more, if we're bringing more to the table, that only helps everyone else. It helps us, but it helps everyone else as well. And I think that when we also look at this, this world and not as a melting pot, but as a gumbo, mm-hmm. if we realize mm-hmm. that all of us in great position bring great flavor, then I believe that we understand that by helping each other, we can make this city far better than we can by being a part. I like that. I like that. I may, uh, I'm going to write that one down. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. So, so why, why how mm-hmm. do you plan to stand out? Uh, you've got, um, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. Going against an incumbent candidate is, is tough. Um, but the the crowd the field is already getting crowded. How do you stand out um, a, against uh, Joe Hogsett and uh, Robin Shackelford for now for this primary? Sure, I think the difference with, between myself and them one uh, as far as the community is concerned. I mean, the community can look at me like they look at them because mm-hmm. I've been highly involved in the community. Mm-hmm. So when I'm outside and I'm in the streets, people know who I am. So I think that and then. You know, this is a test of true democracy. This is about registering people. This is truly a test of true democracy. Because when I look at this situation, there are more of us than there are them. Mm-hmm. And my job is to get out in the community and talk to homeless people, talk to people who are struggling, talk to people who are overlooked. And Keep going. I'm prove, sorry. Go ahead. Was that the statistics prove that there are more of us than them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's to be appeasing to those that they overlook. And, and that's a large market. That's a large group of people. And if we're looking at voter turnout and we're looking around 20, 20 to 30 percent, my job is to go out there and make it 50 percent. My job is to go out there and make it even possibly 60 percent, because if I can get out in the community and I, and I know people in the community know me. And when if I can make that move, and I, I'm not going to say if, when I make that move, mm-hmm. it'll be very difficult for them because this is the group. I'm going after that group that they're not used to going after because I can walk in the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I can walk amongst the people who are struggling because I've been one of those people. And then also my record has shown in this community that Greg Merriweather has always been for the people. And so I, I believe that stands out by itself. And they know me. We are on the air this morning with Greg Merriweather, one of three Democratic candidates running for Indianapolis mayor in 2023. The May primary uh, is when you will decide, is it Joe Hogsett, is it Robin Shackelford, or is it Greg Merriweather, who's on our live line this morning? Greg, on uh, a couple weeks ago, um, you were uh, you made a post about um, Joe Hogsett's uh, cabinet, and you said mm-hmm. if black men are a large percentage of perpetrators and victims of homicide, why doesn't Mayor Joe Hogshead have any black men in positions of influence in his cabinet? What did you mean by that? And what would you do? How would you do it different? Uh, what I meant by that is when I when I looked at, you know, being that I was the strategic initiative liaison, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I still keep up with the statistics. Mm-hmm. I still reach out to individuals and, and get the stats on what's going on in mm-hmm. this city. 
And when I saw them, when I realized that, you know, there was no black male in, in the role, in an influential role, um, when you look, you say you had uh, Lauren Rodriguez was running crime prevention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Lopez was under her. And so you have you have a group of people, but do you have the people who are actually part of it? Do you have any success story? Do you have a Greg Merriweather who came from Hallville and survived it and then was able to move into this role? Do you have that in your ear? You don't. And then and then on top of that, you, you see the move he's just made by putting someone over diversity, equity, and inclusion. But you had, I mean, no matter what we want to say about it, you had David Hampton, who was a who was an activist pastor who was out in the community who had a voice who went in as a director or as the deputy mayor of neighborhoods and his voice was gone. You had a Gregory Merriweather who went inside and who was the strategic initiative liaison who was loud in the community, but he went in the inside and his voice was gone. And so when I look at this, I'm like, what is it that Joe Hawk said wants? What type of black man does he want, if any? Uh, in his history, all the ones that have been with him has been dismissed or not even dismissed. We both walked away. And so when I look at this, I'm like, why is it that there is no, why is it that he's, it seems that he's afraid of strong black men who will challenge him on issues that, that, that are primarily focused on black people. So that was my next question for you. Tell me what your, your past role was with the city. It was, uh, my understanding that you were in like a strategic role between the city and IMPD. Explain that for us. Correct. I was in the role between the city and IMPD. Um, my focus, I was the the civilian uh, right hand to Chief Brian Roach at the time. Um, the way it happened, I was a consultant for the city initially. Uh, Chief Roach wanted me to come in initially as the director of crime prevention. Uh, it, it came down to uh, three people. I think initially there was a, a guy selected who didn't take the position. I was called back um, and asked if I would take the position. And then some politics got involved and certain people didn't want me in the position. And then Shauna Majors became the person for that position. I was actually the person who wrote the job description for that position. And in the meeting between myself and Paul Babcock, who was the director of public safety at the time, uh, or OPHS at the time, said it was me that they thought fit the role. That's not how it went. Um, but in that role, you know, my job was to basically, if there were issues that were in the community, um, I was the go-to for the community to take that information back to the city. And then if there were certain certain things in the city that were going on and IMPD were, or the city were looking and saying, how do we address that issue? I've sat with people to, to basically quell or, or bring down some heat on certain certain issues simply because I was the voice or the person that they knew could go in the community and deal with certain issues. So my role was pretty substantial because it kept the peace, but it also brought information. I became the conduit for information going both ways. So let me, so you, do I understand that you were a candidate for the role of violence reduction that Shauna Majors had? I was. Okay. And ultimately they went with Shauna Majors, who has now gone on to do other things. Correct. Um, Shout out to Shauna. And so, yeah, she she was always helpful uh, with coming on the show. Um, So with lessons learned from that, these different uh, relationships with community organizations, look, I'm not going to rehash the 2019 back and forth about with with 10 point coalition because it was in sure. 2019 but sure. but what is your relationship with 
groups like that because the 10-point coalition works uh, closely with uh, the mayor's office. I know not everybody likes that, but how do you um, tackle those issues of of crime, the relationships that we have in neighborhoods, in cities? You know, are, are you... You've had an up-close look at it. You've been on the inside uh, to a certain extent. If Greg Merriweather is put in charge in that realm, what do you change? You know, for me, uh, when I look at crime, and let me let me rewind with Tim Point. Um, you know, in hindsight, looking back, um, you know, a lot of people don't know the true story, but, you know, when it's all said and done, I can't question anyone's heart, you know. Um, there are certain, there are a lot of things that go on in the city that I may disagree with. Um, in in my role, um, either in that role in the past or in in, in my role in the future, um, it's not a matter of, a matter of judging anyone's heart. If people believe what they're doing is is bringing a, a impact to the city, um, who am I to try to stop it? And and, uh, and just for just in case people are confused, you said you were vocal about something that you did not like about uh, the Ten Point Coalition sure. on, on social media. And when sure. you were working for the city, you got you had to sit down for three days with a little suspension. Sure. Uh, but the the but continue because the point is you know you were just voicing your opinion maybe sure. maybe you didn't choose the right words but the point is you have thoughts yeah and and so with that being said you know um I, I have to say this this is because it's the truth um in that in that situation uh I think that when I sat down with the leadership that that you know wanted to make a decision on what to do about that situation. I was asked what to do about that situation, mm -hmm. if we must tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And no one suspended me. Mm -hmm. I made the decision to, to say suspend me. Okay. So when it was all said and done, I made that decision because they because certain people wanted certain things to happen. I volunteered for certain things to happen to bring peace about the situation. Understood. That's the truth. Um, and so with that being said, you know, I can't question anyone's heart. Um, I want people to, you know, I, I commend them because they actually get out. Mm -hmm. um, I, what I did not like was the was how the results panned out, or how people, you know, de you can develop a statistic. Um, and if and if I'm saying I'm quelling or or, or diminishing crime, um, I can't put an age on it. So I can't say that no one died on my watch from 18 to 24 because I walked over a 25 year old. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. And I will and I will continue to criticize that because if I'm successful, if I'm successful at stopping crime, then I'm, I can be then I should be able to do it nationally. Mm -hmm. I should be able to do it in any city. I should be able to go to Chicago with this program and say 800 black men are not dying in Chicago if I'm really stopping crime. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the sad part about it is that as we continue to have this, we're 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 boasting a 13 percent decrease over a, a record year, as opposed to looking and saying, okay, if you have 200. Uh, homicides this year, but 600 non-fatal shootings, we're still around 800, which is Chicago murder rate. And so for me, I think that during the pandemic, I remember you had, you know, IMPD says we have all this information and technology about who is who and what is what. When they were in the house, I made the suggestion of saying, if they're in the house, provide them with something because they have to sit now. Mm -hmm. How about they come out of this with a certificate of some sorts to allow them to be more vi to seek viable employment, as opposed to just sitting there and allowing them to sit? Because when they come out, they're 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 more hungry. We've sat in solitary, 
And if I come out of this house, I'm going to I'm going to do what I got to do. And then in that year, we had a record. We had a record number of homicides during the pandemic. And I said, why didn't we do anything to educate or promote while people had to sit? So so that's one thing. The other thing is this. I have to bring economic development inside our communities. And when you realize that black people are number one in loan denial rates in Indianapolis, you realize that there's no infrastructure of black business in Indianapolis. So there's an opportunity right there. So we have to figure out how to get black people busy in Indianapolis so that black people can hire black people. Or we need to get this situation where we're bringing in the, or industry inside our communities as opposed to the outskirts of Indianapolis. So we have to have that type of tenacity to be able to bring some economic development to this 300,000 people who are overlooked and marginalized every single day. Because we don't, we, don't, we don't have crime prevention programs in Carmel. We don't have crime prevention programs in Westville or Noblesville or in Greenwood. We don't have to have them for the simple fact that we realize that where there's a why, where there's an economic why, there's a reason I get up, I go to work, I do my thing, I don't want to lose my home, I don't want to lose anything that I have because I have a why, economics is attached to that. And we need to figure out a way to bring economics to the communities that are that are living in blight. All right. We are on the air this morning with Greg Merriweather, the third Democratic candidate running for Indianapolis mayor with the primary coming up in 2023. I don't want to say the six months away because that just makes it uh, seem way too close. Uh, it is now your time to uh, chat with uh, Greg Merriweather. I think we got a little uh a picture of uh, who Greg Merriweather is. Obviously, much more to ask him about and talk to him about. But uh, let me turn it over to you, the listeners. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. The phone lines have actually been ringing uh, since you got on the air. So thank you to the people who have been uh, patiently waiting to get through. Uh, Greg, you ready to talk to some folks? Absolutely. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's see who we have on lucky number line one. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron, how you doing this morning? Good, Paul. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm well, and I wanted to say greetings to Mr. Merriweather and uh, to everybody else. Thank you, brother. I, I, I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening. Obviously, I'm the first caller, so this means I've been listening to the entire show. Mm-hmm. I want to know when is one of the black candidates, like you just got through mentioning something about the loans, um, when are you going to? Re- when is somebody going to step up and realize that this system does not work for our people, and start changing the laws and different things so that we can have access to loans, so that we can have access to fair uh, housing, so that we don't have to deal with homelessness and things like this. These laws and the way that this government is structured and set up. It should be obvious that it is not beneficial for us. So who is going to change, go in to change laws immediately so that we can be effective and grow immediately? I understand how you guys have to work in this political system, but this political system does not work. Are you interested in changing laws? and changing wording or amendments or whatever you have to do in order to be successful in bringing prosperity to our community. Thank you, Paul. You're great welcome. question. Thank you, Paul. That is a great question. Um, you know, Paul, I am. I will say this. This is not, to me, this is not politics as usual. Um, that's, the re- that's the reason why I'm running. 
um, based on what you said. And yes, I'm willing to be that person. Um, I'm taking this pick this this from the caption of Maynard Jackson, who became the first uh, black mayor in Atlanta in 1973. And what Maynard Jackson did was he looked at all banks that work with the city. And he said that if these banks do not have black people in position and on boards, that he was not going to work with them. I think that that was the pivotal moment in Atlanta. That's what made Atlanta what it is today. Uh, for me, I'm all for changing the rules because when it's all said and done, the rules have not fared well for black people in, in black or brown people in Indianapolis, for that matter. Uh, when you look at poverty in Indianapolis, Latinos are, tw- are 23 percent, blacks are 25 percent, which is twice that of, of Caucasians in Indianapolis. So, yes, there has to be a rule change. There needs to be a deep dive. There needs to be uh, there needs to be an investigation of discrimination in this city, because you are absolutely correct when you understand that the rules have made it OK for black people to live the way that they live. And I am that candidate who is willing to fight for change in Indianapolis. And and I just want to throw a jump in there. You, Paul, you kept using the word laws, laws, laws. And. Unfortunately, the mayor can't change a single law. The mayor right. can change some ordinances, which the city has tried to do with uh, certain things. But oftentimes, as we've talked about on the show, um, the folks on the other end of Market Street at the State House um, have either interfered in uh, things that the city has tried to do or things just have to be changed uh, from that end to make it a state law. Um, and so... In that case, whoever the mayor is is going to have to work with um, state lawmakers to make sure. a change. So um, as as great as any of the candidates, whether it be James Jackson, Joe Hogsett, Robin Shackelford, or Greg Merriweather may be, they cannot fix that problem on their own. And so there are certain things I just want to make sure that, you know, as we get in this, that we understand what the mayor can do the mayor can't do a can do a lot of things but some things sometimes the mayor can only have a seat at the table and cannot fix things you know i know even the president says i alone can fix it <laughs> well i think we know that there are things that even he realized oh i i, got, I need other people to do this so same thing goes for mayor let's talk to some more callers 317-239-1009 caller online too good morning who's this and then, Cameron, the same thing happens. Now, these people are trying to come up on the backs of crime and poverty, right? They don't know a first thing about municipal corporations, how they conduct their business, and uh, how they even have economic development, which is going on here in the city of Indianapolis. And that's a thing that uh, our assessments are going up every uh Tax term, why? Because we're building all these high-rises and have bond debt that have exceeded the 2% of uh, the assessed value of our property. So when that happens, all they do is raise the assessments. But people like uh, Mr. Merriweather's in there, he may have good intention, but it does not uh, go to pander to poverty people and tell them that you can get them a loan as a bank. Bankers are not going to look at you unless you qualify according to their criteria. I'm so sick and tired of people coming to our community, using us, and then when they get in office, they don't do anything. Perfect example. I exclude Bob because he's a, a self-made man, but the people on the city council, Maggie Lewis, and those people who are on there that are quasi-poor people, they're there. Uh, they're doing nothing but slandering us, lying on us, trying to get money for themselves, 
and that's what they're doing. So you know why? I'm going to uh, uh, file my papers to run for mayor on the Republican side so I can give answers that uh, need to be given when these interviewers are out talking about January 6th and all this other garbage that's going on that really don't know how the business of the city is conducted. So this young man, you need to take a seat somewhere because uh, you're totally unqualified. All right, Thanks, and, and, all right. And Larry, when you uh, do file to run, you let me know. Um, if you know, if there's one thing that I can say about any of the candidates is that what I find interesting is that you all actually do have some knowledge of how uh, city hall and city government works, whether it be Robin Shackelford's experience. Uh, you, Greg, have had experience in the mayor's office with the way things work. Uh, James Jackson has had some experiences with the mayor's office. So I will just blanket say uh, it's not true to say that none of you guys have n no working knowledge of how city government works. Can can I add to that? Yes. Um, I, I tremendous amount a tremendous amount of respect for Larry. Um, I've I've listened to Larry for years. Um, don't ever disqualify me from coming from the bottom. Um, when it's all said and done, it's like people who know me, they know. And so for me to hear that, I'm like, if there's anybody that should be disqualified, you know, as it relates to 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 that to this conversation. Listen, my my plight and how I've grown, and, and not only that, the sacrifices I've made. Let me say this to Larry. I've sacrificed my livelihood to work in this city. It has been the most difficult thing being a vocal, active person in this city. I have had to take the backlash from those politicians that you just spoke of because I was loud, because I fought for the people. I have been involved in more things than people really realize. But at the end of the day, they've kept my name quiet simply because I have been a true activist for the poor and disenfranchised people in Indianapolis. I'll leave that at that. All right. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, how you doing, Cameron? Brother Imhotep here. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call. First, we pour our libations and appreciate the spirit of our forefathers and foremothers having Mr. Merriweather come into an arena with lions, tigers, and pumas and give the fight of the fight. First of all, I'd like to say I like his approach. This approach is what's needed. You are correct, brother. I'm a product of Gary, Indiana. Uh, my mother was an attorney. My father was an engineer in Bethlehem Steel. And I'm, I made it uh, with their teachings and the teachings of Richard Gordon Hatcher, who is a Maynard Jackson person, who is a Carl Stokes person who believed in that that you have to have these banks, that you got we did it in Gary back then. If you yep. don't have black people on the board, we're not banking with you. That's right. If you don't, and Larry's correctly, he's wrong. I ran a clinic out in Plainfield uh, a few years ago at Duke Energy. And I know for a fact that banks and jobs and other folks of white or other persuasions who are in charge will give their folks loans and jobs who are not qualified or don't have the numbers. I know for a fact. I know it for a fact. That's not true. When you own and you're in charge, you get to dictate and do what you want to do. This is the, this is the problem we're having. Jay-Z's mad about his deal with Bacardi for Duce Liquor, yet I just read an article about uh, some sisters in Tennessee that own their... Okay, I got you to own their bourbon from start to finish. So this is what we need. Lastly, 
I'm out all the time. I coach with Tab. I've coached with Illinois. I coach with Riverside. Yeah. I don't see Ten Point anywhere. I've had this discussion with them for years about where is it going, where the money going. I don't see them. I'm out. I'm out. I get off late at night. I am out. I don't see them. So their criticism is, is, is due, and it's right. We shouldn't have our tax dollars just going to uh, people for the heck of it. Please get in there, do what a uh, good brother, uh, call, the first caller said, and change the system. The mayor and the city council can create certain laws and certain ordinances locally that can stick. Gary right now is giving out stipends to people who are not working. That was done from the city, the mayor and the city, to people who are looking for jobs, and they're giving out houses to people who are looking for homes, taking houses, rebuilding them, and giving them to the locals. That's done from the city level. So you can do a lot of things from the city level that the state has nothing to do with. Keep fighting for black folks. We appreciate it. And you got my ear, good brother. Hold thank you, care. brother. All right, thank you. Let me jump to uh, – let me – Blow through a couple of callers. We're uh, getting to the end of our time with Greg here, but let me uh, blow through some callers. And to do that, I need you guys to keep the call to a minute. I'm going to try to get these next three in, and then we got to take a break and pay some bills around here. Uh, caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Cameron. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are Good morning. You? Good morning. My question for you, Greg, is uh, me being a Caucasian voter who votes all the time, how are you going to win my vote over? And I'll take it off the air. Thanks and the best to you. Thanks. Sure, hey, good, thank you. Good to hear from you. Uh, okay, thank you for that question. You know, honestly, uh, with from my perspective, I would love to sit with anyone, um, and I and I'm going to make that my business to go to every township that I can and have town halls. Um, in this, what you'll hear is this: you'll hear that I'm for the people. Um, when I look, you know, the, the the challenge in that is that I do. I look at. I'm going to look at. There, there are poor people of all colors and nationalities. Um, for me, I want people to listen to the to the moves that I want to make in this city. Um, as a as a Caucasian voter, I want you to just understand that this is about making the city better um, and and making bringing more equity in the city. And I believe that by doing by doing what's necessary to make the entire city better, I believe that 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 should be appeasing to everyone. Um, I am a black man. And and at the end of the day, when I look as a black man who has lived in this city, I just want white voters to understand that I just want a piece of the pie as well. And and, and by doing so, I think that we have to work together. We have to work together. Indianapolis is a place that housing is becoming more expensive. More people are struggling. And I believe that working together again brings all this to a head. We have to do it together in order for this city to be what it's supposed to be. All right. Thank you. Let me get one more call in. Uh, somebody just hung up. I think that was on accident. I'm sorry. Oh, nope. That person hung up. All right. Whoever this is, you're going to be the last one. Hello. Who's this? Hi. This is Yolanda Lee. How Hi, are you? Good morning. I'm good. Turn your radio down, Yolanda, for me. I sure did. Yolanda. That's my name, Yolanda. Yolanda. Good morning. You're live on the air. You got it with Mr. Greg Merriweather. Go for it. Good morning. Good morning, everyone in Indianapolis. I've been listening to you. I've heard a lot about you. Um, we need someone in the neighborhood that works for the people. My question is, I know people have drug problems, and I know they need somewhere to go. Why are they putting them all in the neighborhood? Um, we need to do something about that. It's scary. My parents live over where they put a spot at, and I've never seen, excuse me, a white prostitute walking up and down 38th Street in my 53 years on this on this earth. And somehow, some way, we need to move them out. They don't need to be in the inner city. We have enough problems. So how can we fix that? Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's interesting.
Um, I, I think that I think the mindset behind that was meeting people where they are. Um, but I also think that there has to be some governance in that as well, uh, because we do want to protect the citizens of Indianapolis. Um, I think that there, you know, when, when that's all said and done, um, maybe that may be a, a situation to where people may need to receive better medical treatments. Um, so maybe we have to look at that. Um, but I don't want people being scared, but I do believe that the mindset behind putting those clinics or areas into the, in, into the neighborhoods was so that people can have a place to go, um, when they're dealing with their addiction issues. Um, I don't want to just throw anybody out. Let me say that first of all. I don't want to throw anybody out, but I do want to make sure people are getting the right help. And if that, that means that we have to do a better job of finding, uh, places where people can go, maybe it's being in a hospital, maybe it's being in some other form of a clinic. Um, but I don't want you scared, but I don't want them thrown away either. So we just have to find a happy median to see what it is that we can make better uh, for the streets of Indianapolis so that people can feel safe, but also that, so that people can get the treatments that they need. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Merriweather with his uh, first live interview here on Open Lines as he kicks off his mayoral campaign uh, to be the next mayor of Indianapolis. And if he succeeds, he would be historic as the first black person and uh, the well, I should say the first black uh, male to be uh, the mayor of Indianapolis. So, uh, Greg, I-, I think you got the attention of some folks here this morning. Um, how can people continue to stay in touch and on top of what you are doing? Uh, you know, one, my social media, Greg, Greg, Gregory Merriweather is always up on Facebook or Instagram or anything. Um, we're putting together the uh, Greg Merriweather for Mayor page, uh, my website as well, but there is also a glmerriweather.com that people can look at. But you know what? I'm going to always be out in this community. I'm going to always continue working. I am absolutely in love with Indianapolis. Um, and so, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, in the words of, of Coach Prime, I ain't hard to find. <laughs> and so when it's all said and done, you look for me, you can call me. I'm always available uh, to the citizens of Indianapolis. And, Greg, please make sure that you uh, keep me in the loop on uh, the things that you are doing so the folks can uh, know what the very latest is, sir. Absolutely. I appreciate you so much, brother, for having me on. You are the first. Um, and I appreciate you allowing my voice to be heard, uh, being that, you know, it's been a tough one to get out there. But I appreciate you for, for inviting me and allowing the citizens of Indianapolis uh, to hear the other candidate involved in this run. Absolutely. You've only just begun. You've got a whole six months of this. So, yes, sir. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. And this won't be the last time we talk. We will talk with you uh, sometime in 2023. Greg Merriweather, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, brother. Y'all have a great one. All right. Still to come here on Open Lines. I know you guys have heard about the controversy uh, that is happening at the Indianapolis Public Library. They hired a guy to be the CEO on Thursday and on Friday. He said, no, thank you. Protests have been planned in the streets. I'm hearing that the employees at the library want to walk off the job because they are so unhappy that Nichelle Hayes, who has been the interim CEO of the library, is not getting the job. And now that there is more controversy, she's not even going to be continuing as the CEO of the interim CEO of the library. And I know you guys are hot. We've been getting calls about it since Thursday. Now you can sound off. 317-239-1009. Come on, talk to me. Let me know what's going on. How are you feeling about this? Because you know the folks next door at the library are listening to this show. I'm going to bring you the very latest on what has happened with the CEO who came on Thursday 
and was gone by Friday. More of Open Lines is coming up on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. Open Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we are back here on Open Lines on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. Uh, Just about 10 minutes left in the show, and there has been controversy at the library. On Thursday, they announced that Gabriel Morley would be appointed to the CEO of the Indianapolis Public Library. You guys remember that uh, this is all happening because there was previous controversy at the library uh, with discrimination, racial issues, and folks were like, hey, it's time for a change. So Nichelle Haynes had been running the library on an interim basis uh, for almost a year, if not more than a year, and people specifically wanted her. They campaigned for her. They asked for her to be the permanent CEO. Well, on Thursday, the Indianapolis uh, Public Library decided that they would give the job to Gabriel Morley, who for the past two years, uh, most recently was down in New Orleans as the, the, the director of the New Orleans Library, uh, whereas the CBS station in New Orleans, WWL reports, um, he resigned last November after they questioned where he lived. Uh, They have one of those requirements where if you are a city employee or a certain type of city employee, that you actually live in the city. So all that TV station did in November of 2021 was ask, do you actually live in New Orleans? Hours later, he resigned. But before that, he was also the uh, leader of the uh, Fulton County uh, Public Library System, which is the city of Atlanta. And so the guy has had quite the resume, but uh, he is not who people asked for. And folks have put into question um, the issue with him leaving New Orleans, but also uh, a book that he wrote. Gabriel Morley is a white man, but he has written a book. Uh, years ago that is uh, in the voice of two young black boys. And that, of course, is not going over well with people. And so immediately uh, folks were upset protesting with the library. We were getting calls and uh, tips that there would be protests. We were told that um, library employees have been so upset because they wanted Nichelle Haynes. They love her uh, and that uh, because she's not getting the job, they would walk off of the job. Um, And so what the library uh, then did after giving him the job on December 8th, which was Thursday, on Friday, they issued an update saying uh, they that uh, Dr. Gabriel Morley has has decided to decline their offer. And therefore, the library will now move forward with interim chief public services officer Gregory Hill serving as acting CEO and a permanent CEO search will now resume in the near future. So. Uh, this has got people hot because they specifically won. They wanted a black person. Let's just be straight up about that. They were very clear that they wanted a black person uh, and they wanted not only any black person, they wanted Nichelle Haynes because she's been in the CEO job acting uh, for quite some time and they liked her. Uh, There were even signs, there were petitions asking the board to appoint her to the permanent job. So now we know not only is she not getting the permanent job, she is also not continuing as the interim CEO, uh, Gregory Hill will now be serving as the acting CEO. Why all of this is happening, we still do not know. I did reach out to the library 
uh, trying to get some comment, um, but even in their press release um, that they issued on Friday, it said, at this time, library administration is not taking interviews or offering further comment on this. So that is why we're not hearing from them. But obviously, you guys have a lot to say about it. That is what is going on. Uh, Gabriel Morley came in on uh, Thursday, was gone by Friday. Uh, and that was because of so much community opposition. We have five minutes left. In that five minutes, I want to talk to you guys. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what we need to know coming up for the week because I know that folks are upset about this and uh, this does not end with uh, Gabriel Morley uh, turning the job down on Friday. Let's go to the phones, 317-239-1009. I'm going to give everybody a minute because we are so short on time. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Larry Smith, President and CEO of Fathers and Families uh, Center. Hey, Just want to say... Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Just want to say very quickly, I strongly support Michelle Hayes in this role. I want to be clear, two board members, Dr. Pat Payne, Dr. Colin Murtada, uh, were very strong in support of her, uh, spoke Absolutely. out uh, at the meeting, uh, which was conducted in less than 10 minutes. Uh, we need to keep the pressure up. Uh, Marshawn Wally wrote an open letter that I really think was a catalyst for a lot of this. Uh, I'm calling on all my fellow uh, chief executives, uh, black, white, whatever race, to stand up for Nichelle Hayes. Uh, this will not stand. And let us uh, all raise our voices to ensure that she is named the permanent uh, CEO. Larry Smith, in less than a minute, thank you so much, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank All you. Right, let's keep going. 317-239-1009. If you can be like Larry and get it in and get out, let's do it. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, this is Pierre. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I was uh, critical of uh, Pat Payne. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at, I read the uh, story. Uh, Miss Haynes is so much more um, qualified, uh, in my opinion, than Mr. Morley was. Mm-hmm. And so I can't understand why, um, you know, the guy's been at two libraries in, in the past so many years. Um, he, but he's a class act for declining the uh, job. But um, I think Ms. Hayes is, um, or Haynes is uh, so much more qualified. Uh, she should have got offered the job. Apparently, the board is dealing with some information that they're not making public. Uh, that's my opinion. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, there's there is something. And, and like I said, I reached out to some of the library folks. Um, but of course, I wasn't expecting to get a response because they made it clear on Friday they had nothing else to say uh, at that time. They put in their statement, library administration is not taking interviews or offering uh, further comment. And I even reached out to um, uh, Nichelle Haynes uh, with the contact information that I had for her. And she didn't respond, which obviously I knew that. I just wanted to um, reach out to offer that. Um, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. What do you think about this library situation? we got just a couple of minutes left. Uh, again, we were told that there were folks were uh, there were we, we saw that there was going to be uh, protests that were scheduled. There was a protest scheduled for Friday, but it did not happen. But we were also uh, being told that. People were ready to literally just walk off their job at the library because uh, how unhappy they were about this decision. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, you know, they don't conduct their business on whether people are happy or not. This lady's totally unqualified. Why they need that? to find some. She's unqualified because she's been there and she's based her whole administration on race baiting and uh 
pimping off of the uh, poverty of black people. So she needs to stop that. It needs to stop, Cameron. I'm sick and tired of every time you got somebody talking about equity and everything. You need to uh, prove yourself and have experience that operate these jobs. Speaking of which... Speaking of which, are you you made a comment earlier that you wanted to run for mayor? Is that going to happen? I am going to run for mayor. I've done it before, so I'm coming down there because I want to be involved in the conversation at this crucial time in our history here in the city of Indianapolis. So that's why I'm running so I can get my uh point across and get some and stop the race car playing and right. race baiting. I'm sick of it. All right, when you file, you send me a message and let me know, all right? I'm going money to pick up the paper you can't file to January 1st. You know that, don't you? All right, let me know when it's done. Okay, bye. All right, all right, uh, Larry Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, a lot going on. Um, so we are going to stay on top of this one, of course, um, because there are still there are many questions. You know, at least what is uh, what's the deal? We and we're going to uh, continue on this. Uh, I know Tina Cosby's working on this for her show for tomorrow as well. But we hear you guys uh, who have called us to let us know, hey, you are not happy and you want uh, some action uh, and some answers uh, on this one. So. Uh, With that said, we had Greg Merriweather on today, a Democratic candidate running for mayor, and then Robin Shackelford on the show last week, another Democratic candidate. Next week, uh, we will have a Republican candidate, and so far the one and only Republican candidate who has announced that he is running for mayor. It is uh, the Reverend James Jackson will be here on Open Lines uh, to talk with you and tell you why you should have, why he should have uh, your vote. He is running as a Democrat. Again, would be historic to have the first uh, black mayor of Indianapolis, whether he's Democrat or Republican, if elected, it would be uh, historic. So we'll have him on uh, next week to go ahead and close out our shows uh, for 2022. We are almost done. But guess what? Uh, there is more show coming up next Sunday. You can listen to the show anytime, anywhere online. Just search for Open Lines Anywhere it is, you get your podcast. Uh, you can go back and listen to the show. And when the show is live, of course, uh, you can listen to it on our apps, uh, the Hot 100.9 app and the 106.7 WTLC app. And you'll get more of me tomorrow on your TV. Thank you so much for the support that you guys have been giving me uh, in my new role at Fox 59 and CBS 4. I'm feeling it, and I'm very, very grateful. I am feeling the love. Uh, It it has been good. I've been uh, anchoring some of the morning shows and the weekend shows and reporting. I've been everywhere. So uh, if you would like to get some more of what is going on in Indianapolis, I will be with the Fox 59 morning team starting tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. all the way until 10 and the CBS 4 morning team starting at 5 a.m. And then we're back here on the radio Sunday morning, live at 8. I'm Indy's Newsman. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next time.